straight from GP, brand to Tommy B, broadcasting live on your frequency, giving you updates on these Georgia streets, these are voices for the people that don't get to speak, issues, black news, the conversation's deep, shout out to Slick I'm Nick. going in on the beat, iPods, Androids, or your laptop, these boys swinging for the fence, saying lie, then came a long way from being homies on the block, from afros and braids, and now they at the top, you want facts, this is where I get them from, GP3, RTT, at gmail.com Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response I gotta go now, the show starts in 3, 2, 1 Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546 Follow us on iTunes Give us a 5 star Follow us on SoundCloud GP3 Homies from the Block And now, here's Ran and Tommy B GP3 Homies from the Block Hey, what's up y'all? Welcome back This is uh, GP3 and uh, just want to uh, let's ran ran. I know you're there. So ran, what's up, man? How are you, man? Everything good? Yeah, man. I'm over my uh, wedding hangover right now. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> you got to tell me more about. It. Well, well, go ahead. What, what's the wedding hangover? What's what's that about? Oh man, my my wife and two daughters have, have uh, DVR'd every possible thing about royal. <laughs> oh, see from the from the BBC, PBS, you name every network, every documentary. Wow. We know so much about Prince uh, Harry and his brother and the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh. I'm roiled out, man. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's, uh, you know, we know Rand is there and the other voices we have on the show today, uh, Claudia and Matt, uh, are the Lemonshade podcast. Uh, they're in the UK. And, and when, we, when I reached out to them uh, and asked them to be on the show, uh, and they gave me this date. I didn't realize it was like the day after the wedding. So timing. I don't think we did either. <laughs> it's like luck, you know, the fact that that y'all are on the show uh, the day after the wedding. So how, how how's everything going over in the UK? Oh, it's gorgeous. It's actually sunny, which never happens. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> everyone's just in a really good mood. And I also have a wedding hangover. But I think it's just because I drank too much Prosecco. Oh, yeah. there you go. Different hangover. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, you know, w- one of the things I noticed when I when I first started listening um, to your show uh, was the fact that one of you has uh, the British accent and the other uh, doesn't. Um, so one is from uh, the one of you guys is from is actually from Canada. Am I correct? Living in the yeah, UK. Yeah, yeah. So who's, yeah. who's so from Canada? That's is from Canada. The- and then Claudia's the British one with cool accent. Oh well, you know, don't 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 knock okay, the English so, now. So one likes fish and chips, and one likes poutine, huh? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Okay, okay, I hear you. That's cool. That's so, cool. so I'm really uh, impressed you had you know what poutine is. That uh, that was a surprise to me. Yeah, <laughs> sweetheart, I I watched so much BBC and, and British shows. Some TV was it? Uh, TV five and that type of stuff. So I, yeah, I know Channel five. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I know some of the lingo. I mean, you know, I, I, I like Grantchester and um, I like, you know, um, all the shows on the, all the British shows. I've watched Down Abbey. Of course, you know, I watched the crown, et cetera. So I, I know some of the lingo. I know that when you say someone is smart, that means they look good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And when you yeah. say someone, is, when you say brilliant, it doesn't mean they're genius. That means great. Wow. Uh, yes. So yeah, I, I, you know, when you say f- chips, 
That's fries, crisps, or potato chips. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, you basically have everything down. Yeah. You might as well just move here now. <laughs> <laughs> so, you my know, we all. My daughter's ahead. trying to move there. So, yeah, I get it. Oh, he's he's getting ready. He's getting, He'll be there, uh, Claudia and Mitch. He'll be shooting y'all emails when his daughter moves there. <laughs> on, You're on welcome places to, to stay. So, there you go. There you go. Hey, real quick, because we always let people know about our sh- our show at this time. Why don't why don't you two uh tell us about Lemon Shade before we get started? And then we'll we'll jump into GP3. Yeah, well, I mean, Mets and I have always been interested in creating our own content and we listened to a few podcasts and we felt like, you know, our voices weren't out there. We weren't hearing people like us our age being in our 30s, both living in this like metropolitan city, working in the creative industry specifically. It's a very unique experience. Um, So we had a discussion about possibly creating a podcast and we're both on the same page. Um, We're really excited, did lots of research and that's how it basically came about and being such good friends and being able to bounce off of each other so easily. The banter is like amazing. So it just made sense to to do it. And I live vicariously through your podcast, by the way. I, I listen. I listen. Should I be listening? Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's not really meant Everybody for me. Yeah. <laughs> but but I listen. I know I know you got when when one episode you were talking about the fact that you did it because uh well, Michaela Cole was like a, a an inspiration for you to start the yeah. show. And She's like my spirit animal. Wow. Like seriously, I love that woman so much. She's such a creative force. She's so outspoken and so inspiring. And I saw her program, Chewing Gum, which I'm still obsessed with. Mm. And I just thought it was just amazing because it very much spoke to my upbringing. She grew up on a council estate, which is like the projects, I suppose, a version of the projects, which is how I grew up. And she made it look the way we felt like it looked growing up, like this colorful, amazing place that wasn't necessarily dangerous, you know, and a lot of her experiences being African and just being a black woman and seeing this representation, which we'd never seen on British TV before. Mm-hmm. I was like, if she can do it, I can do it. Very cool. Yeah. I watched that show and you know, it kind of, rem- she reminds me in some way of uh, Rowan Atkins and Mr. Bean. And then, <laughs> then, 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 then Issa Rae's insecure. Uh, you know, it's kind of a it's combination. Kind of like yeah. Cause she is, super awkward at times she's not afraid of making fun of herself and being nerdy and not being cool and she has such a crazy face as well she's so striking and her character is just going through all these growing pains i just love the honesty from it and it's okay to be a bit nerdy a bit geeky not really knowing how to be cool it's okay to do that i think that's why a lot of us also relate to her it's not your typical character yeah her, her dating life cracks me up Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, some of those scenes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my oh, Too yeah. real. The bathroom had, scene. It had oh, flash oh, man. The yeah. which one? The what scene? <laughs> what scene? What scene? The bathroom scene where she goes with when she's with the guy and they decided to do it in the bathroom. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my. Oh, wow. Wow. Tommy, you have she to see there. it. Well, you know, I, I look at the, I checked the first, I saw the first season and, and I've got a, you know, it's, it's Netflix. So I'll binge watch, I'll catch up. But I, I mean, I, I really love the first season. And I know at the end of the first season, didn't she end up, she was dating a white guy um, at, yeah. at the end. Okay. Yeah. And, and I don't, don't tell me anymore. Cause I got it. No, I, I got season watch. two. You got to catch up. Gotta I'll catch up. up. I'll catch up. You and, know, also it has a little bit of the, what's the show? Skins? Uh, yes, skins. That's has, a big, that was a big show here. Yeah, yeah. It has a sometimes some of the um, sexual stuff reminds me of skins a little bit. Yeah, 
Yeah, I guess part of it was because she wasn't very sexually experienced, which I think, again, was like a nice point to put out because you don't obviously see characters of her age as well openly admitting that they're virgins and inexperienced and kind of the situation she gets into and this like rites of passage, making mistakes, you know, being in these awkward situations. That was quite refreshing to see as well. So I get where you see that the skins comparison because they're all young trying to figure life out. Did did y'all like her in Black Mirror in that uh Black Mirror Amazing. episode. Yes. Amazing. Because yeah. she was in, wasn't she in an episode a long time ago too? Yeah, she was. But wow. the one recently where she played like the flippant um, office worker. Yeah. And then she was super sassy in the Star Trek thing. Yeah. Love, love that. Wow. See, we can talk Black Brit crossover all day. We can, we can go. <laughs> Rand, Rand, tell people about GP3, man. You, you let, let the folks know what, what GP3 is and why we do okay. it. Okay. Well, GP3 stands for Grove Park 3. The three of us come from the Grove Park community in Atlanta, Georgia, the 30318. For you international people, uh, we come from the community where T.I. is from, okay? Oh, um, yes. I mean, Atlanta's so hot right now. It's so <laughs> right. hot. Right. So we went to Grove Park Elementary School. It started by the three of us. I'm Rand, and we have a, another founding member. We call him the, the Emeriti member, Tut. Uh, I grew up on South Elizabeth Place, and he grew up on uh, Charlotte Place. And our third member is who? Tommy B. And I was on North Avenue. So, And, and don't forget, man, Andre 3000 grew up there, right? Right. He was in the area? Wow. So, no, he was over there on the Hetland Low. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So I, one yeah. of the guys, I, I just remember over in Grove Park, I thought Andre. I try to claim Andre since he's trying to make a comeback. So. <laughs> cool. Well, you know, we got some other group home hip-hop artists from over that way, man, you know. True enough. So True enough. True enough. Hey, so um, real quick, um, there's so much going on. And um, you got any shout-outs, Rand? Before we really get into the, the the wedding, you got any shout outs, man? Yeah, yeah, I got a couple, man. Um, first of all, I want to congratulate um, this guy at Spelman College. His name is Keo Chad O'Neill. He's going to be the first openly trans man to graduate from Spelman College today. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give him a shout out. And also to the Morehouse and Clark Atlanta University from the AU Center. They're having graduations today. I got, uh, hey, wait I a minute. I got a cousin, Amanda. Let me go ahead and, since you're doing that, since I won't duplicate, Amanda's graduating today. And uh, she's a math major in STEM. So shout out to her while you're doing that. At 3 p.m. today, Amanda's going to walk across that aisle. Yeah. So, um, so and also, too, I want to give a shout out to both JC and Meek Mill for backing out of Trump's event on prison reform because they yeah. realized. Because yeah. they realized that was going to be a, a a circus all designed about Trump. And you're going to have all these white guys sitting in the room basically saying, we need to increase the bail bond system or mm -hmm. uh, other things. So I want to give a shout out to them because Jay-Z gave the brother a call saying, look, man, you don't need to go. This this is going to mess your image up and it's going to mess up the call. So yeah. uh, in terms of birthdays today, we got a couple of them. Uh, Toussaint Louverture. The real Black Panther uh, was born <laughs> in 1743. Uh, Scatman Crothers. Many of you may not remember him, but if you're old school like Tommy B and me, he was he was the voice of Hong Kong Fui. Yeah, and plus, uh, plus you know, plus he was the uh, he played the, in The Shining. He was in the uh, right The Shining too. Right, the, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marvin Hagler, the marvelous one, was born today. Mr. T was born today. Uh, for you hip hop old heads, Buster Rhymes was born today. Wow. Damn. And uh, also, I want to give a shout out to, in 1961 today, uh, a mob attacked the Freedom Riders in Montgomery, Alabama, and my uncle and my mom were on that bus. So wow. uh, I want to give a shout out today. Dude. That's all I got, man. 
And by the way, while you're doing that, since I'm going I'm to jump in, into your, your shout out, um, Malcolm X was born uh, yesterday on the 19th. So it's kind of Malcolm X weekend, you know. So, uh, yeah, man, appreciate you bringing all that to light. Again, again man, uh, shout out to um, my, my cousin-in-law, Amanda, uh, graduating from Spelman. And she's a math major. And uh, she's one of the STEM girls. She's going to uh, North Carolina A&T to do her engineering um, degree. So uh-huh. uh, kudos to her. And, and I got to say what's up to Mike and Tiff, uh, Damn We Grown podcast. Uh, they're on our network now, uh, Rand and, and, and Metz and, and Claudia. They're, they're going to be streaming some of their old shows as well as uh, they're on the homepage. So shout out to them. And uh, Congrats, shout out. Yeah, shout out. Yeah, congrats. Hey, y'all got any shout outs over in the U.K.? From your folks, for your folks. I just shout out to all of our friends up in the UK. Anyone listening, shout out to them. <laughs> and our fellow UK black podcasters, shout out to you and especially the female black podcasters. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Hey, y'all, let's just jump into the royal wedding. Um, Harry uh, and Meghan, 18 million watched. In the UK, that's according to BBC One, and I, I don't even think I mean, that includes. I mean, like half the country at least, yeah, yeah, or that's, more. Really, wow. And what, like what? one billion worldwide, I heard somewhere. One billion, or over one billion worldwide, uh, which is insane. So, what was your? What, what's the impression from 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 the UK? From you know, Claudia and Metz. Uh, what's the vibe? What what's the? Uh, I, I know there's some. Uh, I guess some hangover. But, um, <laughs> but what, I think it's like love overwhelmingly yeah. just feeling the love around us, the country united over something so positive mm-hmm. and two people from different worlds. We really needed that right now. And whether or not you are a royalist or not a royalist or you think that they deserve it or not, it doesn't really matter. It's they are who they are. People are interested and everyone's tuned in. So when you have that many people focused in and focused on love and feeling joyful, I think that's good for the world. Yeah, yeah the vibe's been amazing. I mean, you can imagine it's been one big party. Um, yesterday was amazing. The sun was shining. All of the public parks were full of people, pubs, bars, rooftops. So, yeah, everyone came out as a united uh, front and just enjoyed and celebrated the day. And it was just a positive vibe. Can I say this? Uh, and, and don't take this the wrong way, UK. But damn, that's the sunniest I've ever seen a damn UK. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, taking, I'm not even taking it the wrong way because I'm like, right. whoa, <laughs> you are so right. It can get sunny here, but it felt like they it came out for. For them, because yeah. last weekend was really not a cute moment, yeah. and this weekend was gorgeous and just so rare to have such a beautiful weekend. Yeah. But you know what, Rand, Rand, I thought they were like, it's like the moon landing back in the day. I'm like, nah, that's in LA. Then I see, then I see the UK. <laughs> I was like, Rand, what were your thoughts, man? What would you, what'd you think? Well, you know, well, you know, I was what I found interesting about it is that you know, um. Meghan Markle is this generation's Grace Kelly. Wow. And, oh, um, yes. and, and also, too, when you start looking at Hollywood, ask yourself what films have been done where African-American women or af- women of African descent have been a princess and married a prince? Coming to America. 
Well, I mean, again, that's probably the only one. Yeah, that's probably the only one. Or, or, the frog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, I mean, I, I hate to, not hate to say it, but I want to say it is that yeah. you know all the others, all those other ones were were, were fantasy. Yeah, making it the real thing. Yes, yeah, she did. She locked it down. And also, too, I want I want people to understand that you know one of the things that you know over in America, ladies, um, there's you know we have issues with interracial dating, et cetera. Uh, oh. But Harry, to me, showed the fact that he truly loved this woman. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, if, if there's some brothers out there listening, y'all need to step your game up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, really, because he has set a new bar now. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, when you saw how he went on social media and basically attack people who are attacking the woman that he loves. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, the they had to do the statement. The palace released a statement. Right. That's right, right. And, and the fact is that when she walked up there, he told her, you look amazing. And he said, I am the luckiest man in the world. Wow. Oh, it's so romantic. I mean, I mean, that's the type of stuff right there for you. You, you brothers who want to walk around with your, uh, your white t-shirts on your wife beaters and stuff and grab your dicks. Hey, you need to step your game up. <laughs> You need to step because this man is showing you like, look, I'm I'm in it. Yeah. She, we, this is ride or die right here. This is real ride or die. Well, I hope he keeps it up, man, because you know what I'm, and 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 y'all, Claudia met. I I observe the UK, of course, from a distance, and the British press, man, and they don't play I, the the tabloids. And I, I just remember, you know, I was, of course, I mean, I was I was out there functioning and working when when all the stuff went down with with Diana. And and I just I just yeah. hope that he protects her and stands by her uh, through all. I the think crap, that he. I honestly you know? think that he will. I really do. And she's a grown woman. She looks like she doesn't take any oh, crap. Either. No, 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 no. And, she looks. I that think stare. she's prepared for it. Yeah, you think so? Well, good. I I hope she is. I think Megan, uh, because um, you know she's got uh, the years in in Hollywood. And yeah. having to struggle in L.A., she had that stare. You could look that, you know, it's like nothing's going to break me. And I yeah, just, she's unfazed. Oh, yeah. And, and he looked um, like she had been preparing her whole life for that moment. And she was so happy to be in it. Yeah. Like no nerves, just soaking it in, being like, yeah, yeah I got this. Very cool. Uh, uh, and I like the way that her and her mom um, kept. I mean, the decorum that they kept during this entire process. And what's ironic is the ratchetness happened from the white side of the family. <laughs> I mean, the trailer trash people came out, you know. Yeah. There are a few rotten eggs in the royal family um, we know over here, and they ain't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. So you are absolutely right. <laughs> wow. So uh, shout out to uh, Bishop Michael uh Am I, I'm going to say his name, Curry. Uh, yes. He amazing. He went TD Jakes uh, in there, and <laughs> um, I mean, what do y'all think? What, what, what do you think? I mean, I, I thought it was perfect. Uh, I mean, I heard uh, a couple of people, a couple of rumbles uh, afterwards, but you know, I thought what he oh. had to say was right on. I thought his 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 delivery. Uh, you know, I thought it was what needed to be said. You know. It, it actually brought some life and some personality into a, the ceremony. Usually they're so dry and he was able to humanize it and really make it feel like a personal wedding. Mm -hmm. And even though he was probably doing a two out of 10, some of that family, they weren't ready for the two. 
Yeah, wow. I was saying like for us, um, being black and being in the Pentecostal church or being around that kind of sermon, we're used to that. In fact, we're used to it being a lot more intense, mm-hmm. um, a lot more animated. So he really brought it down for them. But the funniest moments were seeing the looks on the royal family's faces because, you know, British TV, they're shady. So they were, they were doing those <laughs> zoom-ins. They were zooming in and you could see the faces of Camilla and the Queen. And it was just hilarious. They were not ready at all. And I heard that on Twitter, the Irish Twitter and British Twitter, they were confused. (laughs) They did not know what was going on. But, you know, Megan knew that that would happen. And I love how she didn't care. She really must have had to push for that. And she brought a whole new flavor that they had never seen before. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right, because she was smiling. Even Harry, at some point, was looking like a little confused, like, yo, player, when are you going to wrap this up? Um, <laughs> because cause I saw Camilla, she kept her head down most of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. I was telling my wife, I said, I said, these white folks ain't used to this. No. And no. I, I just said, I hope he doesn't go out and start speaking in tongue. And that wow. was said it off oh, right Oh, man. man. He was oh. about to knock over that candle <laughs> he was getting into it. I'm like, oh, if that candle goes down, it's over, man. <laughs> and and, 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 and you know, him, he man. went off script. Yeah. You yeah, know, it, it it's funny because the other guy kept reading. <laughs> this guy read. And then he got a little spirit in him and said, hey, I got this. Then he went right back on script. You know, he was, you know, I just want to know, did they do the electric slide at the party? (laughs) (laughs) I bet you you that they They play a candy. You know, candy. Megan's cousin slid up in there, you know. They had to shut it down. I'm sure they did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, somebody somebody played some cameo, man. (laughs) Somebody played a cameo. I'm, I'm serious. You know, you know, who knows what goes down after these royal weddings? You know, there's the party afterwards, like, and no one knows what goes on, but I'm sure it was lit. I think they get really wild. They have, the royal family has a history of being debaucherous. Oh, well, and yeah. you know that they probably did a lot of crazy stuff. So, so who's the weed man in the family? Somebody <laughs> had to bring the weed up in there. Harry. Harry, Harry. <laughs> you know, Harry, yeah, Harry is a partier. He was the club guy, right? He was the one in the clubs, right? He likes, yeah, in the club, Vegas. strip poker, Vegas. He's He was always wild. Rebel. He's the rebel of the family. That's why I think the British public loved him the most out of all of the royals, because he was relatable and he was real and he was a rebel. So he was always going against the grain and just living his life how he wants to live it. So we knew he'd always marry whoever he wanted to marry, not someone that he's supposed to, quote unquote, marry. Well, good. I want to know did uh, Mama Markle, you know, she still had her nose pierced with her dreads up in there. Uh, yeah, love that. You know, I want to. I want to how lit she got. You know, she's a yoga person. I mean, <laughs> you know, and you know, Prince Andrew is pretty wild himself. So, you know. oh yes. <laughs> I think there's there's a lot of turning up. They're probably still still partying. Wow. <laughs> Listening to that trap music up in there, probably. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Imagine, imagine. <laughs> Stormzy, yeah, Stormzy was at the party, right? Am I right, ladies? Was he? Was Is he... It anything's possible? If they had that gospel <laughs> choir at the actual ceremony, then who knows? They had performing at the after after party. <laughs> A shout out to the oh. uh, the Kingdom Choir. They're um, yeah. they're they're UK, right? Who did stand they by? They are. Me? 
Yep. So they're an absolutely amazing, amazing choir. Um, I actually have a little link that I discussed on the show a few weeks ago because I used to be in a gospel choir in like I say high school, you guys say high school, we say secondary school. Mm-hmm. And a gospel choir leader was actually singing in the choir at the royal wedding. Wow. Wow. So he was there yesterday and I actually spotted him just behind the main singer and obviously I follow him on Insta and everything's how I found out. And yeah, it's incredible to have that link. It's like my little personal link to the royal wedding. Wow. I'm gonna they, follow they need them a record too. deal. Yeah, they do. They need a record. They do. I agree. And and you know what, Rand? After this, they will. I bet they will. I mean, they probably will have their own channel somewhere. They'll they'll have a reality show after this. Yeah, I hope so. And the Jealous guy too. They kept unplugging his album every commercial break. Wow. So the guy Sheku who played the cello at the very end, mm-hmm. amazing cellist, nineteen years old, crazy, mm-hmm. so passionate in his playing, like incredible. And then every commercial break, they're like, bye, shake who's new album. <laughs> and so he's trying to get paid today. So, you know, Beyonce is kicking off a world tour in the UK. I wonder if these guests going to be um, a part of. Oh, uh, yeah. Whoa. Whoa. You think? You never I don't know. know. I saw her perform here last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. And uh, she keeps it pretty tight. It's all about her. Okay, cool. Got <laughs> yeah, we know that. It's all about her. So Megan's dad, uh, did that die down, you think? Uh, after everything got rolling, because that was a big deal at the beginning of the week. The fact that he I wasn't going to be there. I think it did. I was really embarrassed for her, mm-hmm. for him to do what he did, yeah. to sell those photos. They were so blatantly paparazzi photos anyway. I saw them before it came out. Mm-hmm. It was so obvious. It's just sad. I think it's almost... To, at this point, feels unforgivable wow. because of the history of paparazzi in Harry's family and his mother's death, just so inconsiderate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think she keeps, she doesn't let it get to her. Mm-hmm. So she just continued. And I think she handled it really well and walking down by herself halfway. She really owned that. Yeah. But it's so, I mean, he just messed up, didn't he? Yeah, he did. It well, could have been a great moment to rekindle things and to reconnect. Weddings do that as well. I find a lot when there's a child and the parent who are maybe distant, a wedding is always an opportunity to rebuild or restart a relationship. And that could have been his moment. So sad that he let that slip. Yeah. Well, you know, her 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 half sister's the nut of the family, so you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, she probably put the dad up to it. You know, I know she's trying to own up to it, but you know, and then the brother, come on, yeah. I mean, you know, it just it's so sad that she has all this noise in her family, but it also shows how much Harry loves her because everything we think is shady, the queen is flipping out a hundred times more. Yeah, true. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So what what about uh, Sir Elton, John, uh, Fox News? I didn't see anybody else, but of course, on our side, ladies, Fox News is the shady one uh, in in the Yeah, why are you watching Fox News anyway? (laughs) (laughs) No, this was actually like a a report that came across my Apple News feed, and they said something about the fact that Sir Elton John frowned. And, And when I saw that, you know what I said? I said, well, he looks like that anyway. I mean, it's like Elton. <laughs> Elton's like Botox getting loose. That's it's what I'm fine. saying. Elton's like 90 now, something like that. So um, I, I, I don't, you know, that was kind of hard to say. And I know it was one of the things where they did the close-ups, and he just wasn't ready for the close-up. Um, I didn't think there was People anything have to resting it. frown face, resting this face. Like it's so crazy to make something out of nothing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And don't um, watch Fox News. Yeah, well, good good advice. See, I, I I knew I'd get something out of this shit. I, I mean, T, let's be honest, man. Elton is seventy one years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So he might he might have been in another world at the moment when when they shot over to him. I mean, at some point, you know, cosmetic surgery fails. You know, <laughs> it's true. But what do you know? At what point he was frowning? Was it like a particular passage or verse or something um, like that? I think it was. Uh, it may have been during um, Bishop Curry. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. It was during the uh, the Kingdom Choir. Um, oh, and and they were they were doing some some crowd shots, and of course, I mean, Elton was there with his partner. And um, they shot over to him and, and, and he looked, you know, I, I saw, I, I didn't see that. I, I mean, again, consider the source and we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, I just hope UK press cuts Megan some slack and, and I'll, you know, that's my thing. That's I my think they, I think that they're actually quite respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends what you're reading as well, because I have a problem with watching, uh, reading the Daily Mail. Okay even a piece of garbage you read it to find out what the other people are thinking uh, you know just okay. to get the full spectrum mm-hmm. and you you get a mixed bag there people that are just being rude and hateful for no reason mm-hmm. and then people who are genuinely accepting so mm-hmm. i think overall it's quite positive watching the mainstream news everyone is gushing over her yeah, yeah they do they love her you can tell i think just a general feeling from like the general public as well is that they've accepted her i think it's quite normal here to see interracial couples as well so it's not a huge thing mm. actually i wanted to say a lot of the ads that were after the ceremony here they're they were all marriage related and they oh. all had interracial couples hey let me Most tell you that people. that tiffany ad that tiffany ad i don't know if they played it yeah, over on the uk ad with the alicia Keys. oh that was it's gorgeous on. right that's a gorgeous ad i'll play it and for you after class yeah, the, the fact that they played that during the wedding was spot on I mean, they're doing, oh. what's the song, uh, which is one of my favorites, uh, No, no one. one. With uh, oh. No One, yeah. But it's acoustic version. Yes. And it's like all these hands with the loving hands, black and white. And yeah, it was very moving. See, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to see that because I was already a mess watching the wedding. So that would have <laughs> pushed me over the edge. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was uh, it was an excellent choice. I mean, considering yeah. the, the the image and the timing, uh, not only because of the wedding, but also wedding season is coming up, mm-hmm. and also it's giving yeah. giving giving some cats nudges out there. You need to get your game up now. <laughs> a lot and, of yeah. proposals happening the next week, I think. Wow. Put put a ring on it. Wow. <laughs> hey, real real quick um, on the negative side, and um, a lot of positives, but here a couple of things I heard, and I'll, I'll throw it out there. Um, somebody, uh, and and this is from. On the UK side, there's a one of the UK activists. I should have wrote his name down. No, it was a female, and and she was standing in front of a mural, and and she was saying, "Well, why couldn't he marry? If he was going to go black, why couldn't he marry one of us instead of going to America?" What do y'all think about that? That you can't help who you meet, cross paths with, and fall in love with. Yeah. You could say that about anybody who got married. Why come you married her and not me? How come, you know, that's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah, I thought and, so. I mean, he's had I mean, his opportunity. We know in the grapevine that Harry... I mean, like, you, could, you could have said the same thing about William. Like, why didn't he marry a blonde woman? I mean, come on. It's, well, yeah, true. But, you know, the haters. I mean, like, haters come out. This is, you know, royal wedding. So you're going to have the lovers and the haters. And You, you know, can't please everyone. No. It's always like people like to focus on what they do don't have instead of what they do have it's like you got to focus on what you do have you can't please everybody yeah and then the other thing was the fact that um i I believe i believe the royals that are going to get as much out of this as megan i think if anything i think it helps the royals it helps um it keeps them relevant and and somebody 
and I think the news outlets here are talking about the fact that it helps with their youth, the youth side of people who look at uh, royalty in the UK. Um, it helps with the youth side, you know, the millennials. Um, what do y'all think about that? And that's more I definitely positive. agree. Yeah. I definitely agree. I think, again, it's about representation, too. I think any institution as old as the royal family, to stay relevant, they have to represent the people that they're serving. And, you know, the whole population doesn't look like the royals did before Meghan. You know, yeah. there are people out here who are multiracial. There are POCs. They're young. So I think having her there represents something to people like myself and even younger people. where We can look and say, right, there's someone that looks like me or has the same heritage as me in this crazy old institution like maybe i should look into the royal family maybe i should follow what they're doing you know it, it mm. does it creates a more interest and it does make them relevant mm -hmm. so uk black is cool with the royals you you think i mean they're... oh yeah okay oh we love megan it's <laughs> <laughs> very cool you got anything on that ran y'all got anything else on that ladies and and you know we'll shift i have one thing with the elton john thing i just had a thought and this is just my theory mm -hmm. but you know when you're listening to some really good music because it was during the kingdom choir right yeah and you're so into it that you have that stank face Maybe that's what it, was. <laughs> it was stank that's it it was stank face because he was feeling it so much so i say let's cut him some slack he was feeling it and it was stank face that's my theory don't you? Okay, we'll go with that. We'll don't, go with that. I don't, hey, I don't Rand. agree with it, but we'll, we'll go with that. Rez is the but Botox. What I'm uh, saying is that when you mention about how this have an impact on, on London and England, I mean, when you really think about it, the London that we knew growing up is changing. I mean, heck, the, the mayor of London is is what? Uh, uh, um, he, he, he is what of... Um, He's Muslim, South, a yeah. South Asian, for sure. Right. Sadiq Khan, yeah. Yeah, so, so I mean, this is, when you think about the evolution of London, I mean, of, of the England, this, this goes right in line with that. I mean, it has to evolve. Yeah. Well, London is very diverse, and certain cities also in England are more diverse. And then you have the smaller towns, which you call, you know, the whole Brexit thing. They were more likely to vote to to exit. Mm -hmm. Um but it's really a step in the right direction because this is such a world stage. They see this and then hopefully for those people who are potentially closed-minded, it opens them up a little bit more. Yeah. Well, that's like us. That's like the U.S. I mean, we in the urban areas, uh, you know, we, we have um, a more diverse open mindset versus, you know, suburbs in the rural areas. You know, so it's it's very much like what we deal with here. So cool. Hey, moving on. Um Cardi B, Azealia Banks. I'm going to get ratchet for a minute, y'all. Um, <laughs> just for, you know, we, we do our quick entertainment briefs. And and the reason I'm bringing that up is um, I was having a conversation with a friend. And and I told him, I said, well, we're doing this podcast with um, uh, ladies in the in the UK, Lemon Shade Podcast. And, and I said, well, is there like solidarity among women of color? And... Um, and she said, nah, not really, because they go through different things than we do. What do y'all think about that? Because, you know, the Cardi B thing and the Zelia Banks thing started to get a little ugly and nasty in terms of, you know, Azealia calling out Cardi for her background and yada, yada. What do, what do you think? Is there like solidarity among women of color to stand up for other women of color across the pond? I mean... You know. I think so. Just the fact Claudia and I are from different countries and we connected and we bonded. Mm -hmm. 
I think that it's a mindset. If you are out to spread positivity and prop up your fellow sisters, then that is exactly what you will do. And because I have that mindset, and I think Claudia does too, my answer would be, yeah, we do support each other because we are always looking at the positive people and trying to make sure that we're empowering each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe if you're in a tough place or you're in a more negative mindset, potentially you might not agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it also depends on what platform you're on. Because I mean, they're both in the public eye. They're both female rappers and it's a very different game because the media sets out to pit them against each other. Mm -hmm. That happens quite often. We've seen it happen with Nicki Minaj and Cardi B and all this other stuff. And on top of that, you've got Azalea, who is a bit of a loose cannon and, you know, has some mental health issues and the people around her aren't helping to censor her. So she, you know, potentially this is just going to be happening all the time because she's going for everybody, not just Cardi. It's just like Azalea versus everyone. Yeah, yeah, it is. Azalea versus the world. You're right. I mean, she she's liable to say anything at, at any point. Rand, you got anything? I know you're not... Uh... Big in that well, world. I mean, I mean, the, the, the fact is, I mean, uh, you know, all this is orchestrated by somebody behind the scenes. And unfortunately, these two women are puppets in the whole process. Yeah. Uh, this, this is all about generating buzz, to generate sales, uh, to generate dollars. I mean, you know, I mean, I've heard some negative comments about Cardi B. Uh, I'm not a Cardi B fan. Uh, one of the things I can say, the woman is an intelligent person. Uh, what it, What might be perceived as her. Uh, her lack of articulation sometimes does not reflect on her intelligence. When you think about it, this young woman more than a couple years ago was a stripper. And now she's a, now she's a multimillionaire. She ain't dumb. No. She knows what she's doing. Oh, yes. she's I meant to that. She is very smart. Mm-hmm. Right. She's an, she is an intelligent person. It's just that we tend to uh, in America tend to put labels uh, because this woman is not probably the most articulate a master of the English language, you know, but despite that, she is not a dumb person, but I just don't like the fact is that both these women are being used as pawns in this whole process. Yeah. Yeah. That's a sad fact and a sad reality. But like I said, this is, this has happened and it's been happening for generations. Like if you go back to maybe even the sixties and seventies, it was the same thing. Like, you know, you had to be number one. There could only be one number one female actress or singer. And it it's just the same thing happening over and over again. And again, it's for publicity for record sales to, to make them relevant. And it's, you know, a detriment to their careers and sometimes mental health, too, which is a sad fact. Yeah, I agree. I think there's enough uh, audience for everybody. I mean, it, and, and that's random. You and I were talking about the fact that, you know, we can have more than one hit at once, <laughs> you know, one, more than one female uh, rapper out at once. So I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Hey, real quick, I, I know you ladies are millennials. Uh, am, I, am I right? Millennials? Kind of? I think we're Gen just X? barely. I just, <laughs> just barely. Right on, on the, the edge. Border. And, uh, I'm going to tell you, Rand Rand and I are post millennial. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> our, our, uh, but, but this happened yesterday, Rand. I don't, I don't even know if you knew. Uh, Reggie Lucas. Um, by the way, ladies, we, we, um, I, I do another podcast, and I don't know if you've heard, you've heard the song Juicy Fruit. Uh, it was sampled. Yeah. That's it. That one? Yep, that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by the, the Mary Jane girls? No, no. No, this was him too, man. Have, have, you, have you ever heard of you, me, and he? Oh, you know that. You lose it now, Rand. Let, oh, let's God. hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> no, this was, uh, we had a, a producer, um, uh, the guy M. Tume, um, James M. Tume, uh on one of our podcasts, and, and he 
has um, TV One. I don't know if you get TV One over in the UK, but they do a thing called Unsung, where they highlight artists uh, and their careers uh, over the years uh, who who are unsung artists, unsung heroes. So it debuts. We do we tape the show on Sunday for all the podcast listeners, and it debuts tonight at nine on TV One, uh, which is uh, of course a black focused channel, uh, cable channel. And uh, his writing partner ran Reggie Lucas passed away uh, yesterday, and yeah, I heard. Uh, and Reggie now they they the ladies will relate to this. Reggie produced Madonna's first album, which I think is oh. Madonna's best album. And he wrote yeah, the I song agree. Borderline. Um, and uh, he wrote that song. He wrote and produced it. And uh, wow. he, he also wrote uh, The Closer I Get to You, Donny Hathaway. Oh, Roberta I loved Flack. that song. Yep. And he also wrote and produced uh, Stephanie Mills' Never Knew Love Like This. So, um, oh. yeah, he and M. Tume. Uh, worked together, wrote those songs. And of course, I mean, again, uh, Madonna's debut album. Again, I have to say it's her best. It's it's the one. I, I wish she had kind of stayed the course, but, you know, so be it with Madonna. I mean, she still, damn, she still hit a home run. But rest in peace, uh, producer Reggie Lucas. He passed away this weekend. So, uh, and and kudos to uh, M. Tume. His unsung will debut tonight on TV One at 9 o'clock. And um, I'm, I'm sure y'all ladies have already seen Deadpool 2, um, 133.5. Uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've still got like a week or so until it actually hits cinemas here, because you guys get it a lot earlier than we do. Oh, okay. Um, That's what's up. Yeah. yeah. But Maybe I have to watch it this weekend, yeah. the coming weekend, because yeah. I've been seeing all of the marketing yeah. stunts. Yeah. It's on buses billboards so we're definitely looking forward to seeing i'm a deadpool fan i love the first one oh, so yeah serious. we're definitely watching the second one so no spoilers no spoilers guys but you know tell it, us what you thought about it it did 133.5 million north america um this weekend um oh, beat the previous one weekend one, one weekend yeah and it it um wow. of course what's what's the other movie um uh the avengers movie it unseated the avengers movie so it's, it's going to be the number one movie this weekend and Disney's just killing. Marvel is just raking up the cash. Oh, my God. I mean, Panther. Uh, if you look at Disney alone, 2018, they've had Panther. They've had Wrinkle in Time. They've had Infinity Wars. And now they got Deadpool, too. They, they've just dominated the first half of the year. R- yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see what we got. Uh, Rand, you still there, man? Yeah, man. You know, I was thinking about Disney, man. It's all—it's just a little rat that keeps that keeps growing, man. <laughs> it is. The type well, Disney money. owns everything. They've bought out most of the media, so even yeah. things that we don't are Disney are Disney. It's crazy, yeah. Yeah. right? And you know, it's what you know over here. You know, our, our um, leader, uh, number forty-five. You know, he has a big issue with uh, one of the big companies here, Amazon. Uh, calling them a monopoly. I'm surprised he hasn't gone after Disney yet, brother. Well, see, here's the deal. Disney, <laughs> Disney's buying, um, God, what, what is, Disney is buying ABC. Um, they bought ABC. No, they no, have, they no. Own ABC. They're buying, not, not ABC. I'm thinking about the other network. Um, damn. Uh, I don't think it's like, Viacom, everything, all of is the- it like Is it like Fox Entertainment? Yeah, not yeah, Fox yeah. They're really. buying, they're buying Fox, 20th Century Fox. And the whole thing is, their, their reason for buying 20th Century Fox, they're not buying Fox News. 
uh, Claudia and Mint. So you still have that. Is it, is it for the catalog? <laughs> yeah, they're buying it for the catalog. And the reason they're buying it for the catalog is they're going to go after Netflix. Uh, because after 2019, oh. they're pulling See, all. See, that's a boss move. That's it is. a boss move. And, and don't, don't forget, they've also got a Han Solo movie coming up, too. So, oh, yeah, they do. So they just, it's just like, damn, Disney's dominating this year. Nobody gets in. You know, I mean, I don't need, I don't know any other movie coming close, any other studio coming close to where they are. No. Okay. Hey, ladies, I, I, I think I sent y'all this uh, in advance. So I need some help. And, and um, I, I am, <laughs> I mean, I'm a UK fan. I, I love, I, you know, and, and uh, full disclosure, I've never even been to the UK, but I love the UK. And uh, I, I guess I know the feeling. I had that feeling too, and then I just moved here. Some, it's just that it's just something about it. Yeah, Anglophilia. It's a thing. It's a real thing. It is okay. Then now I know why. Because it may have been because I grew up and I watched uh, To Serve with Love or something. And and oh yeah, Sydney Poitier. Yes, I get it. I get <laughs> you know, that. So that was it. But you know, if you look at R and B, you have loose ends. You've got. Uh, I, I was a big Soul to Soul fan. Jazzy B and the Crew. Uh, you know, Junior, uh, Misha Paris, of course, Charday. But lately I've noticed you don't really see a lot of R&B coming from the UK. Now, you know, you've got Sam Smith, who's, you know, okay, it's Sam Smith. Uh, Adele is more pop. But what about Labyrinth and Emily Sandy? And, you know, I know you guys have the grime thing going on. You got Stormzy. I'm familiar with Lady LaShore. But why don't you see, like back in the day, there was a lot of really big R&B coming from the UK because the way I look at it is R&B from the UK would always save our R&B when our R&B start, started to get nutty and bad. You know, you guys would come over because it was like for, for soul to soul, soul to soul, UK, Karen Wheeler, that music kind of helped get us back on track. And, uh, well, I find it interesting. All those artists you mentioned, like, were more the '80s, mm-hmm. and then in the '90s, I didn't live in the UK when I it was the '90s. Um, I was in North America. Okay, but I got into UK music from North America, even though it wasn't popular, yeah. because they were coming up with the garage music, with the UK funky house music mm-hmm. that you could not get anywhere in the states. I don't know why no one really clued in. Because they were killing it still. Like, they never stopped making really good music. Yeah. For some reason, American audiences weren't ready. It's so different. It is more, I guess, dance music. I don't, perhaps it just wasn't funky enough in a certain way in a more classical R&B sense. So people weren't ready for it. Yeah. But the music kept going over here. And if you were ready to tap into it, you could find it. And I think it's maybe the same thing now, yeah. um, except now we've got Spotify. Yeah. So perhaps it's like everyone's just secretly grooving, <laughs> but it's not making the charts. Yeah. I think it is true. And I think, again, when it comes to the whole R&B thing, I think here UK R&B was kind of falling off a bit and there was the new music coming out, which again was so different. So that's probably why you aren't seeing much R&B coming out of the UK. And even now, again, it's the same. We have grime, which is huge. So most of the artists coming out are focusing on grime or they're focusing on this new wave of like pop. And R&B is not so much huge or really a thing here for UK artists. If it has a resurgence again, I think because 
And oh, remember Lamar? Yeah, Lamar. He did, did quite. Well. Yeah, he was one. I can I can hardly think of any R and B artist. Yeah, it's just like one so. How, how, how do you how do you categorize like Emily? And I, I hope I'm saying it's Emily Sand, Emily Sandy, and uh, Sunday. I, mean, I think like she's she's very like here. It would be mainstream. Okay. Pop mainstream, mm-hmm. and she's great because she had a. A cool vibe to her still, and her music isn't typical. She has really nice arrangements. Okay. But she's more, I guess, not quite adult contemporary, but she's more of a mainstream type of uh, adult sound yeah. rather than what the young people will want to listen to, which is going to be like Jay Huss or Stormzy mm-hmm. or, yeah, Lady LeSher or Stefflon Don. But they're so popular here. UK oh. artists are so popular at home, like huge. And so the thing so is, what Primark happened with Labyrinth? Already popular too. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What'd you say? Uh, well, it's the same thing we were just saying, really, is that with the different type of music like grime, we've noticed that it's mainly America who's looking to us now, whereas we'd be trying to break America. You've got people like Drake who are coming over, finding us and wanting to get involved and wanting to collaborate. You've got someone of that caliber coming over being like, we don't hear this sound in America. I want to bring this to America because I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. They have that confidence now. So I think there are things happening with grime music. Uh, again, R&B, not so much. But at some point, if they decide to do R&B or people decide that R&B is a new thing in the UK, mm-hmm. the same thing will happen, I think. And it will be more palatable to people in America. Well, y'all, what happened to Labyrinth? Did he just, is he done? Is it just? I Yeah, he had a moment. He was just like, one of the artists who comes has a couple hits and then kind of disappears. And now I think it is a little bit more, I think the music is getting harder. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. There's like this artist called Jay Huss. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. He mixes hip hop with Afro beats with grime. And he's very much a London product because Mm -hmm. you're going to get influences from the Afro beats here. You're going to get the, um, you're going to get the UK, grime influences but that sound is maybe just too much for someone who's just not used to it yeah yeah. it's just so different from american music i can't see i can't really see them crossing over well uk is killing in hollywood though i guess that's where it all went because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hollywood black hollywood i i, I it's, it's funny because you'll hear like idris elba doing like a southern uh accent in a movie and then, you know, in, in his in his interview, he's gone cockney on you. So it's just amazing. <laughs> it is. It's, it's amazing when I hear like, you know, the accents and then, wow, you from the UK? I didn't know. I mean, I knew El Idris, but but we see that. Rand, we see that a lot, don't we? You don't know. You don't know. Like even Melanie, what's her name? Uh, she was in uh, Moonlight. Um Oh, I know who you mean. Yeah. Oh, Oh, the mom. Yeah, the mom in Moonlight. Yeah, I mean, they. they, she's like playing a Miami mom, a a Miami crackhead, you know, and then all of a sudden, (laughs) you know, she's the queen in an an interview. It's just amazing. So, you know, I guess that's where the talent's all going. There is a lot of more opportunity for roles in the States. So it. So they that those are the ones who yes who are definitely trying to break America like Chiwetel Ejiofor yeah, yeah like Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out you know mm-hmm. doing big things yeah and uh, what's her name from uh, Black Panther I love her um, because she was in Urban what's the Urban Hymn the movie on the Netflix sister, the baby the little sister one uh, Letitia Wright yep. yeah Letitia Wright yeah Letitia Wright was is amazing I mean I I saw her in Urban Hymn on Netflix before she did Black Panther and, and she did an excellent job in that, but just talent, a lot of good talent. 
Real quick, uh, you know, we we talked about, um, and and of course, ladies, you know, you know, um, we had another shooting over here, um, yes. in 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 the U.S. And it's amazing because you know we're twenty weeks into the year, we've already had twenty two school shootings. Um, you know, that's that it's and that's so hard to even wrap my head around. It's amazing, and uh, you know, this one you had ten dead, thirteen wounded. Uh, 17-year-old white male took his dad's guns uh, to commit the crime. But you, you're you having, like, uh, you know, knife crimes in, in England yeah. and Wales. What's what's that all about? I mean, that's just, you know, I, I, I read about it. I, I heard you talking about it on one of your podcasts, and I looked it up, and the stats are just, you know, crazy. So what, what what's insane. Is it gang stuff, or is it just individuals or what is what is i think it's mainly gang stuff but in the sense that it's either actual gangs or what happens a lot here in urban communities is that you know it's this hyper toxic masculinity where uh, londoners especially people who are born and raised in london we have this obsession with the area you're from a bit like what hood you're from so if you're from north london can't go to southeast london unless you know somebody or you're going to get wow. stabbed and you can't go here and there and it's like protecting the only thing that you really have I feel like when you grow up and you feel like you don't really have hope, your pride is all you have. So then where you're from and repping where you're from is all you have and you'll do anything to protect it. And then you have this crazy war that goes on because a lot of these stabbings have either been gang related. And then now recently some shootings, which is very rare in London, happening so often is because of stray bullets being hit because of gang crime. And it's just crazy because these young men are killing each other over nothing. Mm. You know, and it's happening every single day. You've seen the stats and we just read this morning there was another stabbing yesterday. Wow. It's just crazy. It's daily. Yeah. We have over here, uh, most of the shooters are white men. They're white males. I mean, it. and I had someone, um, shout out uh, to Sanyu Estelle. Uh, she was on my podcast a few weeks ago and, and she called it the right thing. She said it's white male fragility. To where, yes. you know, these these guys are so fragile. Uh, you know, Rand, Rand you, you know, the movie, you remember the movie by John Singleton, Higher Learning, back in... in oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's kind of like you push these guys or something happens that triggers them, that pushes them over the edge. Next thing you know, they're committing these kind of crimes. And, um, you know, but she, she really... And, and I hadn't thought about it, but when you look at the profile, you pull up the pictures of all the shooters, they're white kids, white men, you know, and, and, um, and, and, you know, her point was, you know, fix yourselves so you can stop killing us, you know? Um, and it's, it's just, you know, do you think the government's doing anything on your end? Cause it, it with knives, it, it kind of sends a signal to me that the gun thing is under control. Uh, on our end, the gun thing's not really under control. Um, you know, that's, Partly, I think because obviously uh, having weapons here, i.e. guns, is illegal, whereas it's legal over there, it's it's more likely that you're going to choose a weapon like that over a knife if you have it, because yeah. that's like a more you know fatal weapon to use. Here, knife crime is so big because you can't get a hold of guns readily. It's all underground. It's very hard to acquire one. I think the government before when we had this spate of knife crime, because this is not the first time it happened, mm. this kind of crazy knife crime happening every single day, every single second. It happened maybe 2006. It was one summer where kids were killing each other every single day. 
and government did a knife amnesty. So you could walk into any police station. You could just drop your weapon weapon off in a bin. No one would question you. No police officers would even look at you, ask your name. They're just like, you know, you can come and just drop your knives off. Just get rid of your weapons. And it did. It helped for a long time. And that, that really did curve the knife crime issue. I don't know why it's risen its head again. And now it's just this huge epidemic just happening every single second. Wow. I think it's a lot to do with what's happening in the world for black people, society, Instagram, Facebook, seeing people being killed by police and just anger. And when you don't have an outlet for that, you take it out on each other. That's the biggest difference from these school shootings is that this is black on black crime happening. The stabbings aren't happening via white people. It's purely black kids killing each other. Wow. Wow. Rand, what are your thoughts, man, well, on that Santa Fe? Well, I mean, I mean, you guys have said some very um, excellent things. I mean, you know, at, at the end of the day, it, it boils down to opportunity and hope. If you don't have that, you will, you will do other things. Uh, knives are very easy to acquire. I mean, you use a knife when you butter your toast or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, so, you know, um, that makes it very easy uh, because of the gun laws and regulations they have over there. Uh, it's harder to get a gun. So therefore a knife, pocket knife, whatever, becomes the yeah. weapon of choice. It's just like if you were in prison, you will figure out what to do when you're when you're lacking something. Yeah. But it really boils down to opportunity. I think you're so right in terms of um, the masculinity. These guys have nothing other than their pride, and they're yeah. willing and they're willing to fight just to maintain that pride. Because again, when you think about it, um, people over there of color are, are constantly being berated where this microaggressions or whatever. Uh, how that's how they take it out, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, and they don't have the opportunities as some of the other people. And the world is changing. Yeah. Um, that's another thing, too, particularly in America. Um, I was just reading some reports how white fertility rates are dropping. Mm. And these wow. white people, white people see this. They see this. And, and uh, people of color fertility rates are going sky high. Mm. So what happens? Is, I mean, so, you know, I mean, let's be honest. The colorization of America. Traits. Yeah. Yeah. They have several traits. Um, because they're poor, they tend to have more kids because I hate to say it, sex is a part of entertainment recreation for them. Okay. Mm, so they have, they have more kids cause they can't take their kids out to the park and, or, or places where they have to pay. So unfortunately they tend to have more kids wow. and then, and, and then because of social economics, uh, they are making very gradual gains, but not the gains that are significant enough to turn communities around. And uh, and so it's it's a it's so multi-layered that, you know, I don't think one thing is it, but I do believe it's all boiled down to hope opportunity. Wow. I think you're so right. And I completely agree. Very cool. Anything else? Lemon shade on that. But I I, I get it. I think it's quite important for everyone to try their best to talk about their emotions and talk about their feelings and be open and not bottle things up because it's that's one little thing. But it's free. And if everyone did that and had a bit more self-love and compassion for themselves and others, I think it would go a long way in terms of their development, getting older, dealing with hardships. And it hopefully wouldn't take them into a certain path of anger, hate, and self-hatred, which leads to violence and drugs and that negative path. You know, you're absolutely right. I think the challenge is, is finding safe spaces for these people these individuals to share those feelings and having individuals who are competent enough to help guide them. Unfortunately, many of these individuals, and we see it over in America, 
they are in such dysfunctional communities that there's not a person or resource that can actually help them, even if they wanted to share what they what they felt. Yeah. Hey, so that's saddest part because then you think about all the deep layers and the trauma, generational trauma, and it becomes really overwhelming thinking about how to get out of that. And see, that's ran. That's why I listen to Lemon Shade because Claudia and Mets are like my secret therapist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I listen because no, they they really do share. Um, they share some really good information. It's a fun podcast, oh. but but a lot of you know what what they're talking about now is what you hear on their show as well. So, ladies, um, you know, thank you so much. Thank oh yeah, I, thank you. We're, we're so grateful for your listenership and to help anyone we can. <laughs> Go ahead. Hey, hey Rand, b- before you go on, and, and I'm, I'm going to, we'll keep this brief for the ladies. We don't want to put them through it. But since we're talking about dysfunction, let's do our White House turns real quick. <laughs> and and, and I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure they may have some input. Yeah, how much, how much of the White House to, to, does the UK follow? Um, I think quite a bit. I think we do follow quite a bit. Sometimes um, I need to take a break and it's a little bit easier to do that. Um, Sometimes I just want to get my info via Seth Meyers and the comedy outlets because it's just so frustrating. At least someone's making a joke out of it. See, we can't Um, get away from it. We can't. (laughs) Well, we got to live it. But yeah, you guys, (laughs) you guys have a 24 seven. So I'm, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We live it. Ladies, let me ask you a question. I know you guys have Theresa May and Theresa May is, um, you know, she's she's trying to navigate through whatever mess she's created. Have you guys ever had a politician like ours over in, in the UK that you can recall of that has I just mean, been so fucked I, up in the head? I think that like Nigel Farage, he was yeah. he's pretty messed up, but we never got the powerful seat. He just was a lot like a loud talking head trying to lead a party um, that actually never got anywhere. Thank goodness. Yeah. Because for a while it was up in the air, but he, what was the name of it? UKIP, terrible right wing racist party. Um, so he's one person who I could think of as, as about as dumb as your president. Um, but luckily he didn't get the full, the full vote. Well, we no, got yeah. it. He's as close as we got, <laughs> luckily. Uh, well, anyway, Mueller, the full year uh, anniversary, the uh, Mueller investigation. And even though they call it a witch hunt, uh, there, there have been 75 criminal charges, 22 uh, against 22 individuals and companies, five guilty pleas, and one sentenced. And that's just within a year. So when you hear him talk about, or 45 talks about, it's a witch hunt, it's a witch hunt, 75 criminal charges, 22 individuals or companies, five guilty pleas, and one sentence. That doesn't sound like a witch hunt to me. It sounds like somebody's <laughs> getting, you know, the paddy wagon's getting full. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't get that. The other thing um, this week, Melania's health. And, and I, 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 you know, I, I really and I don't know, ladies, how you feel. I, I'm really starting to feel bad for Melania. Um, don't don't feel bad for her. She <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. She, she, she signed up for this. <laughs> OK, she said. But, but even yesterday, you sell, you sell your soul to the devil. That's yeah. the, deal, the consequences. That's right. Rent a whore. That's what he did. <laughs> that, but that, that's what I was saying. <laughs> I was saying that up until yesterday when he tweeted her name wrong in the first tweet. Welcome home, Melanie. And and I said, oh my goodness, yeah, and, and dude, then, she, dude, dude, trust me, she ain't eating bangers and sausage. <laughs> that woman's doing okay. Bangers she doing nice. fine, partner. She doing fine. <laughs> See, we know, we know our UK. We know our UK. 
uh, you had the Israeli violence happen after the opening of the embassy. Um, 45, after all the crap he talked about, China is all of a sudden cozying up with China. And uh, even using uh, this tech company, this phone company, ZTE, talking about get, bringing them back after they did espionage against the U.S. Uh, Kim Jong ha- is, is rope-a-dope in 45, saying that the, the, um, the summit may not happen. Uh, over here in America, uh, the, the Trump Tower transcript is like 2,500 pages. It was released, and it's just a treasure trove of more crap. Um, financial disclosure stuff came out, um, showing that everybody's been lying. Cohen, White House, um, Huckleberry. It's just, you know, and, and that's, it's, we, we used to really spend a lot of time on it, Rand and I, and it's just so exhausting. I mean, it just, you know, so ladies, uh, thank God, you know, enjoy your UK life and, you know, we'll, 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 we'll handle the rest of the world over here, I guess. Well, good luck, because it does. Sadly, it affects us. I wish it didn't. And hopefully, we'll start distancing ourselves from trying to be affected by the shenanigans. But it's just a bit. It's just a bit wacky. Yeah, we feel for you guys. Rand, any wrap up on any of that, man? Any insight you can give? I mean, you know, it's just exhaustion, man. I mean, you know, even with the the embassy thing, you know, he made such a big deal out of it. But why didn't he go to the opening? Wow. You know, it's again another example of his cowardice. Because Melanie um, was sick. Melanie was sick. Okay, that's, that's yeah. Right. And then I mean, hell, I mean, he he couldn't even tweet. He didn't know how to spell his wife's name in a tweet, man. Yeah, I mean, I come know. on. I know. Uh, you know, doesn't even visit his wife. I mean, he's been told you need to visit your wife. She's in the hospital. Can you imagine um, tweeting out to to millions of people, ran your wife's name and you spell it wrong? Can you imagine? Can you imagine doing that, bro? Even on Mother's Day, he screwed that up. I mean, come on, man. This guy. I mean, you know, they said it years ago. Every everything he touches turns to shit, and that's what's happened, man. <laughs> I mean, literally, man. It's it's all we doing is shining a turd right now. That's what he is—a one big turd. We shining it. Well, let I also let think him. it's pretty significant that he hasn't been to visit his wife, but the man who essentially is making his wife better and who is operated on it is an immigrant, said of Mexican descent. Wow. I mean, yeah, a little bit of fact for you. Wow, he's of Mexican descent. Uh Uh-oh. That's Yeah, Mexican virgin. I read somewhere. I was like, damn, well, maybe that's why he's not visiting her. Mm. Who knows? Wow. Okay. Uh, Just real quick, and and, uh, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this one either, but um, over here in in America, we... uh, There was a sports ban which has been struck down, so there's going to be a lot more sports betting. Uh, So... Our friends in the UK, if you want, you can start betting real soon on whether oh, or not. Here, betting is huge. Like, betting on every corner is pretty sad, actually. Wow. Um, it's completely legal. You find there's betting ads on television, betting ads for women, for men, any type of thing. Bet on the name of Megan's first kid. Give me your money. It's like wow. outrageous here. Wow. how legal it is and how it actually destroys lives, but it be- stays legal. Mm. Real quick on, on sports before, and, and this is a, which one, Claudia Metz, which, well, which one of you is actually from uh, Canada? Um, I'm from Canada, Metz. Metz, okay, Metz, Metz. Um, this, uh, the coach of the Toronto, of Toronto was fired and he was coach of the yeah. year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Somebody was one of the uh, may have been Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. said 
Uh, no, it was it was either Stephen A. or Max, but they were having this conversation, and they said it's really tough for an NBA team to make it in Toronto, or yeah, in Toronto because of the fact that the travel, uh, living in a cold environment, uh, but you're not, you don't have the ability to move around the way you do if you're an American. Yeah, like if you're in Minnesota, I mean, give me a break. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that any sports team, uh, they're going to have to deal with being isolated. Toronto is one of the most international cities. It's actually very close to New York. It's easy to get to the Florida mm-hmm. East Coast. So I feel like it's probably harder to be based somewhere like Minnesota yeah. uh, or in Milwaukee yeah. than Toronto. Yeah, that's what I mean. I was listening to their argument about why Toronto will never have like a championship NBA team, and I'm like, really? Because Toronto- I mean, they're talking a lot of smack. How about I? Just, I don't agree with that comment. <laughs> See, got some ESPN. In there. All right, y'all. Ran, what you got, man? You got anything? Oh man, uh, man, you know. Um, we got the, the elections coming up and here in local, local elections that are coming up and um, you know, they're coming up on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to encourage people to go out to the polls and vote. And also to, I want to uh, uh, been doing my research and I just got one comment really to these candidates work on your damn websites. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? I mean, really? How about website, a picture? How about a picture on the website? Damn. Go ahead. I mean, these, I mean, these people don't understand that these websites, that's yeah. where people go now yeah, to agree. get information. I agree. And I take voting very serious. And these websites are so hor- horrible. But to quote, to, to quote Charles Barkley, horrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that I see why some candidates never win. I mean, really. And, 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 it's, and it's sad because these websites can damage your campaign. They can either help you or, h- or hinder you. That's how you do research. And, That's how I do my research. I, I mean, I, I go online and I research the candidates based on, you know, what the news stuff has in their websites. I, I want to see if they're lying. But go ahead. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and it, it is just amazing how these candidates are running for office with these horrendous websites. Because my attitude is if you're going to run for office, you got to be in it to win it. Yeah. Whether you win or not is is it's not the issue. Yeah. But at least put your best foot forward. And what it says is that some of these candidates don't have the money. Mm-hmm. They truly don't have the money. And quite honestly, there are a lot of ways you can build a great website. Um, <laughs> uh, GoDaddy. I mean, come on. There's a lot <laughs> of ways you can build. You a can go on website. Squarespace.com and get a really gorgeous website. There are no excuses. Ex- exactly. You can build you a can website from a smartphone these days. I mean, they got apps. <laughs> so, right. Like, right. Damn. Right. So, I mean, you know, it's just ridiculous, man. Wow. All right. Uh, ladies, I'm going to let y'all go. Uh, uh, what do you have? You got anything to wrap up with? Any thoughts? I'll just... Um, just thank you so much for having us on. It's been really fun getting to chat to you, and hopefully one day we'll make it to Hot Atlanta. <laughs> Hotlanta. Oh yeah, we get, you come here. We'll get some chicken and waffles. We'll do it right. <laughs> yeah, you gotta come here and get some fish and chips. There you go. Okay. There you All go. right. But I, I really do want to want to say a, a big ups and thanks uh, to Lemon Shade. I mean, I reached out to them, and they probably said, "Are you kidding, dude? What is up?" And and uh, they got back with me. <laughs> they probably, they probably 
thought you was some some jerk from Tinder or Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> they probably did. I said, "Hey, will you be on our podcast?" Now, but 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 really, uh, thanks to Claudia and Metz and 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 keep doing your thing, and I will continue to live vicariously. Rand, they travel like crazy. I mean, they, you know, which one of y'all took off? Like, quit the job and travel for a minute and and who did that which which one of y'all did did that that was that was me claudia like basically how i work is i do like contracts so technically freelancing but i have like six month contracts eight month contracts and i just decided last year you know i wanted to just take a month off because like we listen to auntie oprah and she always says the greatest gift you can give yourself is time wow so it's like i'm taking a month off i'm actually doing it again <laughs> so where'd you go you went I'm to ireland right for a month. ireland or? we went to italy we went we just came back a couple of weeks ago from uh capri and positano on the malfi coast and now um claudia's off to copenhagen but i'm i'm gonna take a little trip to canada as well so yeah, yeah we, we like to we like to travel <laughs> and, and I, I heard this story about the pink the pink uh the pink fingernail polish uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I can't believe this guy thought Metz was a man. I mean, seriously, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it, but yeah, we have lots of stories like that. They have a funny show. They have a funny you ladies show. are ballers. Straight yeah, up ballers. Straight up ballers. You know what? It really isn't even that. We just we live in Europe, and then to fly to other places in Europe is like pretty pretty cheap. So we just budget. We just do our best to budget, and we live pretty simply um, the rest of the the rest of the time. So you guys don't have kids, right? No, that probably yeah. would. There's a big reason that also helps us to <laughs> do what we do. That's, yeah, that that'll drain the hell out you right there. <laughs> yeah. Brain dead, brain dead. Uh, by the way, go to castropolis.net. Uh, castropolis.net. We'll have the podcast. You can stream uh, our classic shows and all that good stuff. Again, uh, big thanks to Claudia and Matt over in the UK. Lemon Shade Podcast. How can people get in touch with y'all? Um, they can go to lemonshadepodcast.com um, for everything. We're on Instagram, lemonshade underscore podcast, and then on iTunes, on SoundCloud. If you just search Lemonshade, you'll be able to find us. Yeah, thank you guys so much. It's been an yeah. honor being on your show. It's been so fun. Thank for, you so much for reaching out. Hey, I, I want to give a plug for, for these ladies because, I mean, uh, tell our listeners, I swear to God, if you listen to their site, go to their, listen to their podcast, you will enjoy yourself. It will be worth the time. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> Man, thank you so much, Brand. I appreciate you as always. And Claudia and Metz, thanks for being on the show. And with that, uh, episode number 89 is in the can. And we are out of here. Yeah. Peace. All right. Peace. Bye, guys. Bye. You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail, 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap SBDG, graphics Lady J. Thanks for listening.